Welcome to Walking the Way. My name is Ray. This is not an additional Monday to Friday passage. I've got this new section. I'm calling it Walking the Way on Sunday. When Walking the Way first started, one of the things that I used to do was I used to do a commentary on some Bible verses. And unfortunately, due to time constraints and pressures of ministry, I had to find another way of bringing Scripture into people's lives, so we decided to go with a Bible reading and some prayers. More of a standard devotional. But a couple of people have said they really miss those those conversations about Scripture and and those commentaries that I used to do. So I got thinking about it, and what I got thinking and decided to do was actually the best commentary that I can do is my Sunday sermon. I am a Methodist minister. I serve as a, a pastor, as a minister for a couple of churches in West Yorkshire. So possibly that will be changing in the near future. And every Sunday, I sit down and I prepare a service. Trust me, it is usually Sunday morning. And I thought, actually, that would be a really good thing to share with people. And I'd really appreciate your comments and your thoughts. So my prayer, my prayer for us and my prayer for you, is that the words that I speak, the meditations of my heart, will be used by God to encourage you to live your life to the full. Amen. I mentioned last time I was here that I wanted to spend some time looking at prayer. You remember that I said while I was away on ordination retreat and away on leave, I felt God was saying that we needed to pray more. And some of the conversations that I've had with people about prayer and where they are and where they sit with prayer, I've come, you know, I just wanted to explore what it means to be a praying community and how to pray a bit more. The more I think about prayer, the more I look at Scripture, the more I realize there is so much about prayer and Scripture that we could talk about. But we're going to have to limit ourselves slightly, otherwise we'll be, this will become a hostage situation. Um, and so I wanted to look at another passage about prayer and I wanted to see what Jesus says about prayer and then I went to the book of Philippians and I was reading the book of Philippians and I thought actually Paul is kind of tying in with what I believe Jesus was saying earlier he was giving us some encouragement to pray you know that wonderful passage in Matthew that we've read before And I know that's probably the second time in the space of about three or four weeks we've had passages about the Lord's Prayer. But there's something different about this passage. The passage we had earlier was from the book of Mark, and it's that sense of Jesus going, oh, maybe I should teach his disciples how to pray. This has come out of a conscious decision that Jesus is having, he's teaching everybody, not just his group of, his close group of friends, how to pray. And he says quite a lot about how to pray in this passage. Most of it, as you've probably gathered if you were listening, is how not to. There's a lot of don't do this, don't be like the hypocrites, don't do this. Rather than, you know, it's only when you get to the end that you kind of get, well, do this. But even then, it's a case of don't do this. A lot of what Jesus says about prayer throughout the Gospels is exactly that. It's when you pray, don't be like. Because I think that Jesus is talking about motivation. Now, when I was reading that passage and I was preparing for today, 
I was sitting and I was reflecting on some of the prayers that we often say, like our prayers of confession, the prayers of worship that we say at the beginning, our prayers of intercession. And there's, you know, Jesus is saying things like, don't be like the hypocrites, don't pray long babbling prayers. I'm sitting thinking, Lord, are these long babbling prayers? Don't stand on street corners and pray out loud. I'm sitting thinking, well, that's exactly what I'm doing when I stand on front of the pulpit. But as I was thinking about it, I began to realize that actually Jesus is talking about our motivation when we pray. Why we are praying. He says, don't be like the hypocrites with big flashy displays in public for the purpose of being seen for praying. And there is a sense there that for most of us, the vast majority of us, prayer is going to be a private conversation between you and God. Or me and God. In the sense it's not open for human consumption. It's something, not something we're going to share publicly. Because we can't open ourselves up truly to who God is when we're standing out on street corners. Unless we are masochists. And as I came away thinking about that, kind of trying to answer my own questions about the prayer that we use when we pray up in, in church and in services, I don't think Jesus is saying to us, we never pray out in public. If that's the case, then we might want to decamp up to skulls and join the Quakers. But as I said, I believe what Jesus is talking about here is our motivation for when we pray. You know, Jesus then gives this model of how to pray, the Lord's Prayer. And it is a guideline. We've kind of accepted it as this great prayer, but I don't think Jesus ever meant it to be the kind of prayer that we would re re repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. I think when he presented it to his disciples, he went, these are the things you need to pray for, a bit like I did with when I showed the hands. These are the things you need to remember to pray about. It's a guideline. And I think the point is, is what Jesus, I think one of the points that Jesus is trying to make here is that God knows what we are going to pray even before we pray it. And as I was thinking this, I was thinking, well, if God knows what we're going to pray even before we pray it, what's the point? And no doubt there will be people in, the, in our congregation today who are sitting or thinking, well, if God knows what we want to pray about, well, then why should we pray? I will get back to that shortly. But I want to come back to that thing about doing things publicly. You know, when we met earlier this year, we were going through the Methodist Way of Life cards. And we had, those of you who were here for Soup for Soul, we were going through the Methodist Way of Life cards you'll notice that one of the things we were encouraging you to do every time we met was to pray with each other. You know, and I, I was thinking about that. You weren't, when you were praying for each other, you weren't praying to make yourself look good, were you? you know, most of you recall, re recoiled in horror when I announced the first time round that I would like you to pray out loud for each other. There was a general sense of, I can't do this. But you did it. You didn't do it because you did it because you, you wanted to make a big show of it. I think you did it because you loved the people you were praying for. You were willing to put yourself out for those people you were praying for. 
And that, I think, is what Jesus is saying here. When we pray, there's nothing wrong with praying, praying in public, there's nothing wrong with praying out loud. Our motivation is important. Those prayers we said in those Thursday meetings were very simple prayers. They weren't big, wordy, long, complicated prayers. They were simple prayers said with love. But there is a catch at the end of that Matthew passage. And it ties in with something I raised earlier, that question of, well, if we pray and God already knows what what our prayers are, what's the point? Jesus says at the end of that Matthew passage, if we forgive each other when they sin against, if if you forgive each other when they sin against you, God, God your Father will forgive you. And this is important, something really important that we need to get our head around. We're going to be having covenant service in a couple of weeks' time, um, which for me as a Methodist is always a big highlight of my year. I don't know how many of you remember when I first, when I came here and I gave my testimony, I, I, I said how when I came back to Methodism, the first service I walked into was a covenant service. It was completely alien for Deb, who had grown up in an Anglican church and also the Welsh Brethren, to actually stand up and to recommit themselves to God every year. But there is a line in the covenant service that I wonder how many of us have actually paid any sort of serious attention to. And the line is this. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Have we thought that through? You know, and and actually, there is a biblical principle behind you. There is a strong biblical principle behind you. Because in Matthew 18, Jesus says to his disciples, Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And again, truly I tell you that if two or more of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Prayer when we pray, irrespective of what we pray, how we pray. It's not simply the words that are said. I said it a couple of weeks ago and I'll say it again. When we pray, we step out in faith. We take a step of faith. We believe that God will move and God will work and God will change things. You know, and while God hears our prayers and he knows our prayers before we even said them, whether we say them out loud or whether we pray them in quiet, when we say those words, we set things in motion. We may not see what is happening, but things will start to happen because in a sense we step into the realm of God. We, when we say those prayers, we say them out loud, it's almost like we enter into a contract with God. We are asking God to do things for us, and He will. I want you to imagine for a second, and I'm not sure how, how, this, how well this analogy works, but it, it, it struck me yesterday as I was preparing for today that actually this is a very good analogy about what, for me at least, of what prayer is about. I want you to imagine you're standing by a pond, and you pick up a stone and you chuck a stone in the pond. Do 
there are a couple of things that happen. Number one, there's a splash. Number two, there's a ripples. And thirdly, you probably won't see it, but the level of water has been raised by the volume of the stone that you've thrown in the water. Think about that. Ever so slightly, the level of water has been raised by the volume of the stone you throw in the water. Prayer is a bit like that. We say a prayer, and we might feel better afterwards, we might have some sort of reaction, but it may seem that nothing has happened. But like the water, the thing that we are praying for, or the person that we are praying for, is impacted. It might just be a small impact, it might not be imperceptible to them, but something has happened to them. And this is what Paul is saying to us in the readings when he says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord this way, dear friends. He goes to say on that we are to keep on praying, rejoicing that God is working, that as a result of that, God's peace will be there because we know that God answers prayer. As I was thinking about this analogy, I think, well, if, if I throw one stone in, I'm going to raise the water however level if I throw in another stone and another stone and another stone it will keep raising the level of the water now imagine if every person walked past and chucked a stone in imagine if we had something that we were praying for and we were every one of us prayed everyone put it into prayer could you imagine how quickly things would change and at what point would the pond fill with stones to the point where actually the water would start to overflow? We pray for our communities. We pray for the haven. We, we, um, Jenny and Sarah are editing the, your, the, the prayer handbook that I've written for us. As we go through those prayers, I want to think that every time we say one of those prayers, we fill up the pond, the pond of God's love that actually will flow out of this place into our community around us. The more we pray, the more we throw pebbles into the pond. Now, some ponds may be very small. They might just be puddles. And it might just need a couple of stones. Some might be a lot bigger. Some could be that lake. Some could be seas. Some could be oceans. They're going to need a lot of prayer. And if we want to know whether or not prayer works, I want you to think about, I don't know how many of you have heard of Nicky Cruz. You've probably heard me talk about him before. And Run Baby Run, his book Run Baby Run. He was born in Puerto Rico. Um, his parents were involved in voodoo and spiritualism. And they sent him to New York when he was in his teens to live with his brother. And while he was in New York, he got involved with the gangs in New York. And he rose very quickly to become the leader of the most violent gang of New York, a gang in the 60s called the Mau Mau's. While he was leader of the Mau Mau's, he bumped into David Wilkerson, and he had this amazing conversion experience. He and all, most of the leadership of his gang became Christians and went and arrived in the police station and handed in their weapons. And there's this fantastic story about Dave, Nick, the change in Nicky's life as a result of it. What Nicky says in his book, and it comes right near the end, something quite profound. He says his grandmother had been praying for him 
ever since he was a baby. Ever since he was a baby. And I want you to imagine for a sec what his grandmother must have felt like when she started hearing these stories about Nicky being involved in killing people and robbing things and shootings and stabbings and drug dealing and all the rest. And yet, she kept praying. One little pebble into a very large lake every day. As I said before, you never know when the pebble that you throw out there, the prayer that you say, will be the one that will, flood, will create a flood and will flood our communities, our lives, our families and our friends. So it doesn't matter if we stand on street corners and say loud prayers, not if our heart's in the right place. Ideally, we'd be lying somewhere nice and quiet. But we need to pray. Amen.